I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet test spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging, snuggled up in these cold winter days from the satellite branch in scenic Hamilton, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Hi. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Well, hi there. Oh, hi there. Oh, hey there. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> oh, there, don't you know? This is this is an absolutely zany episode of the Geek Down Podcast because it's episode 199Z. Hey! We've done it. Woo. We have reached the end of the alphabet. Never meant to, but we refuse to acknowledge episode 200 until such times as the world reset itself or recovered some sense of normalcy. Hasn't happened. No. We've basically given up. It's our it's our last episode of the calendar year, and uh, guess what? Yeah, you just you defeated us, life. We tried to have a cute little bit that we thought we're gonna was we'd come back hitting them hard for episode two hundred. Will next episode be episode two hundred, or will we just abandon uh, numbers entirely? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I I feel like we. I think it was a good product. I think we got to talk about this. We got to talk talk about what do we start back at two hundred. Mm. Or do we just skip over 200 entirely and go, go to, to like count all the episodes oh, no, we yeah. have done? That's what the legacy numbering would be. That's the joke about legacy numbering was like technically it would be we would restart at episode 200 and, you know, 17. Yeah. Like whatever it would have been. I think we should do that. I think I think we should. Just forget this whole episode 200 business, legacy numbering, like when they brought back the old numbering on the Spider-Man comics, and it was issue one, bracket, 634. Yeah, I think that's, I think that, that's good. It's good. It's relevant. Um, if people don't know what's going on, we can just weed out, you know, the, the hardcore fans from the newbies. If you don't know, <laughs> you fucking noobs, please keep listening. We love you. We welcome you. Yeah, actually, that was just a joke. Please don't be mean to the noobs. If you have any questions about the numbering system, you can ask us on Twitter, at GeekDownPod, which is like the only place on social media we hang out. Get up off Twitter. Because Kate abandoned the Facebook. She finally put up a going out of business sign on the old mall of social media. Just walked away from the lease. Yeah, I just disappeared into the night. (laughs) Eventually, facilities management is just going to come through and be like, are they ever coming back? Like... Look at all this mail piled up. But friends, no matter how many episodes we have or continue to have or what they are numbered, if you want to keep up with any of our other 199 episodes or any of our other episode 199s, you go wherever you get your audio content, Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, what have you. You click, follow, or subscribe, and henceforth, like Santa on his sleigh, riding a rainbow maid alicorn named Philip, your man's... Doctor... Lord, Chauncey Frostilicus III, Internet Geek Down Elf. Try it again. Geek Down, Geek Down Internet Elf. I almost got it. Put some respect on his goddamn name. He's coming through to drop those episodes directly into your device. You don't have to do anything else. Why would you want to? It's dark. It's winter. That holiday hangover. Whatever festive cheer you managed to squeak out of the rest of this godforsaken year is going to be gone. 
in like two weeks, and then it's just waiting for va- waiting for a vaccine. Well, I mean, I though I mean, you got to respect that there are still some people who will be celebrating Ukrainian Christmas, uh, which is a great way to extend the holidays. Um, Caitlin McKinnon is here for all your all your seasonal depression tips. Take, <laughs> claim whatever you hey, need to. I can. I, I've got this. I've done. I have done years of seasonal depression. Okay, I know what are, what you need is what you need to get. One of those like happy lights. <laughs> you need to just be like naked on your bed with just the beams of the happy light, just like <laughs> just striking gr- your just flesh. Just grilling you like a fillet of fish, just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It needs cascading to be reflecting off of your white alabaster skin. Or that sort of like gray complexion people get on their bodies <laughs> when it has not seen sun in years. Um, and you need to absorb that shit. And also just take any occasion to celebrate. Ukrainian Christmas, also known as Feast of the Epiphany. I was going to say, it. Epiphany. Take, take the Epiphany. It's into the New Year. Take yeah. the Epiphany. Take Ukrainian Orthodox Christmas. Take whatever, whatever you need to to keep this shit going. Don't take your lights down. Keep your lights up. March. Yeah, it's it's dark. It is dark. Keep them up. You know what? Edging in on February. So in Ontario and many other provinces across Canada, February is family day month where you get a day off for your family. Or if you don't have a family, again, just beam yourself for, with for my goddamn happy self. light. And your Christmas you know, lights are now off. family day lights and they can be St. Patrick's day lights. Just keep it, keep that shit going. Yeah. Till daylight savings Fine time way. comes back. Fine ways to celebrate. Well, we're you celebrating today y'all because you may have noticed by the title of this podcast, we are not watching dashing in December this week to our great disappointment. <laughs> Basically picture a gif of someone flipping over a desk. You know that panda that smashes the, uh, you know, when you look up angry in Facebook gif search and it gives you that panda smashing a computer keyboard? It's basically me this week trying to find any way to watch this movie. But bleeding edge network that the Paramount network is, they're like, nah, terrestrial cable only. No streaming of any sort, not available for purchase. Sorry, it was available for purchase on Fandango in America. That was it. And so I I need to let Paramount know that it is not old white people with cable who are gonna watch want to watch this movie. Although maybe it is because nobody was interested in pirating this movie either. <laughs> three days three oh days after God. air, torrent sites had nothing for me. It's like when my this mom. This is why people turn to crime. It's like when my mom asked me about like if I can find, you know, free streams of shows about Southern multiples that air on TLC, and I'm like, Mom, nobody wants to pirate that. <laughs> what? What's this Southern multiple? You know, like families in Texas and Louisiana with like 19 kids. Oh no. She. <laughs> Mama Ferguson really into that stuff. Sorry, update on Mama Ferguson. Uh, she out of the hospital. Probably should have led with that, in case anybody was wondering. After last week's last week's uh, somber opener, uh, Mom is out of the hospital. Yeah, apparently fine. All she wants to talk to me about is well, how her iPad doesn't work or stopped working. And how can she fix it? So like, it's business as usual, I guess. Happy holidays. 
everything's fine. Also, in the same vein, props to my father. He figured out what was wrong with his um, his uh, oh the thing that put the casting thing. The, the, the thing, thing that the put the casting thing. Yeah, you know the a fishing pole. No. <laughs> oh, hell. like like a sling box, like a Chromecast, like a Chromecast. He figured out what was wrong with his Chromecast, so good, go, Dad. Good for him. The circle of life of parental technological concerns. Good for th- good for them both. Yeah. Not only is not only is my mother very concerned about uh, why her iPad isn't working, she has informed me that she will be taking my Christmas money to buy herself a new one. So I mean, her her humor is clearly intact. <laughs> For my part, I said my mother's out of the hospital. I require no Christmas money. But to double back around, nobody wants dashing in December except me and Caitlin, apparently. (laughs) And old white people who pay for premium cable packages. Super premium cable packages because the Paramount Network is on like channel 600 and something on Canadian uh, Dish Network. So (sighs) Price is Right Noise (laughs) for Jordan (laughs) Kane. There will be no dashing in December, but we have hot shotted our traditional uh, year end look back. We'll be just uh, limiting it to a most fave and a least fave. And we'll get into that. Maybe an honorable mention or two as well, but we'll get into that. And the back half of the show, the front half of the show, often on this program, we will complain about a lack of news, especially in pandemic times when production has slowed. And, you know, nobody can really work. Sometimes nobody needs to work. Sometimes you just need to, like, say you're going to do stuff to get everybody excited. Because after a couple years of Disney Plus just being, like, the Mandalorian and stuff for your kids, Disney was like, you know what? Just a reminder, we run this shit. Can you count, suckers? They held an investor call last week to just let everybody who holds Disney stock know what was in the pipeline and what was going to be coming out, what's getting worked on, what's close to ready to go, and what's what's on the horizon. And the answer was everything. Everything. Literally everything. This is not even all of it, but we're talking like 22 Marvel and Star Wars series. In 2020, starting in 2021. So I thought we would just devote the entire news segment in the front half of the show to discussing this news dump. But there's so much stuff in this news dump. All we can really do is play your new BFFs in or out on Title X from Disney Plus in 2021. I'm basically just going to rattle off from an article in Variety what the show is with its brief synopsis statement. And Caitlin McKinnon, yeah, you're going to tell me if you are in or out, and I will do the same. Okay. I'm so excited. So ah. we are going to start with the Star Wars side of the fence. This I don't even know if this is in alphabetical or not. No, it's not, but... We will just go. Caitlin's probably fallen deeper down the nerd hole on some of this, so maybe she can contextualize them if there's more. she feels there's more relevant info than what Variety has given us. First up, we have Andor. 
a Rogue One prequel series focusing on Diego Luna's Cassian Andor character from the movie Rogue One that is currently in production and will debut in 2022. Caitlin McKinnon, Andor, in or out? In, I guess. A middling in. Not a big Rogue One head? Um, no, it's fine. I just, I have larger concerns about <laughs> the amount of stuff coming out, and it's, it's, it's fine. It's an interesting... It's an interesting time, but I just, I I didn't find, I, the character was fine. I just wasn't like, oh, I'd really like to know more about that character. I'm probably more in on this because it stars Diego Luna. And you know what else Diego Luna was in, Caitlin? Nuggets! <laughs> we will always write for, um, for the homie right? Diego, for did, Diego Luna. Did I do that all right? You, you did it very good. It was good. Next up, very interesting. Um, The long talked about and delayed Obi Wan Kenobi series, starring Ewan McGregor and, and just a casual bomb drop Disney threw on us, Hayden Christensen, Mm -hmm. (laughs) reprising their roles from the prequel movie trilogy, which goes into production March 2021. Caitlin McKinnon, Obi Wan Kenobi, in or out? In. Hearty in? Hearty in. Hearty in. You had some concerns, did you not, at one point, or did I hear this on another podcast, that so much of Obi-Wan's story had been told in the animated properties, there was some concern over what could be left. That the timeline, there wasn't much wiggle room left on the timeline. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was a big part of the Clone Wars. So... I like the Clone Wars TV cartoon. Um, so there, I do have some concerns. I did express some concerns. I, I do really like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I, I like Hayden Christensen. I think he was given a bum rap. I think he wasn't directed very well. I think the scripts for the prequel movies were terrible, like just the dialogue mm-hmm. and the – yeah. There had some good moments, but I think – and I feel really bad because Hayden Christensen like left Hollywood because he was so his confidence was so shot from all of that, and that's awful. Like I just feel really bad. So I'm really happy that they've brought him back into the fold. Um, so I, I'm just curious. I'm sort of curious to see what they're going to do with it, right? Um, so yeah, I'm. It's a hearty in. It's not like oh my god, best news ever. But I, it is a hearty in, like you said. Uh, middling in for me. I'm curious. They have said Christensen will be playing Vader, not Anakin. So right. that kind of firms up the timeline as well, I guess. This is going to be between Clone Wars types. Or I guess Clone Wars was between was after. Well, Clone Wars was before Revenge of the Sith. And I yeah, guess so this, this will take place take, between yeah, A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith. Between three and yeah, four. So maybe this is, this is interesting then. Um... And I think I might have mentioned, I'd be like, he's supposed to be looking after Luke, but I guess if Luke's a baby, there's not really much to look after. So <laughs> maybe he has to go and, like, you know, join with uh, Ahsoka Tano or Ezra Bridger or something and do X, Y, Z. I don't know. I don't know. More on those names no. in a moment. Next up, <laughs> Lando. A spinoff series from Dear White People creator Justin Simeon. Following the classic rogue Lando Calrissian, played by Billy D. Williams in the original trilogy, and the god Donald Glover in the solo movie, 
from 2018. Caitlin McKinnon. We have no word on who will be playing the character in this iteration of him. But are you in or out? It depends on who plays him. I am can safely say I have... I don't think you've ever watched a frame of Dear White People. I saw... I've seen no, all of it, I, however many seasons there are, but... Um, I, saw, I saw, like, the most of the first season. Oh, did you? Yeah. Um, I, the only thing is, the only reason I say, like, it depends on who plays him, because I am a full 100, like, let's do this if it's Billy D. Williams. Um, Billy D. Williams, I don't know if <laughs> many for, people know Here for Old Man Lando? <laughs> he has played his voice in every single media like everything he's always lando in the lego movie in like they have this this uh lego um droids series he plays his voice in that like in every i think robot chicken he plays his voice like he loves that character and i would just love to see him reprise it because i i really like billy d williams so, Caitlin is depending on who plays it. I'm probably a pretty enthusiastic in, at least for a couple apps, just to see what uh, what Simeon can do with uh, in that playground. Speaking of new creators moving into the playground, uh, the aforementioned female-centric series from Leslie Headland of Russian Doll fame, The Acolyte, which is billed as a mystery thriller set in the final days of the High Republic era. Caitlin McKinnon, when is the High Republic era? <laughs> Um, the High Republic era is what used to be referred to as the Old Republic. Okay. Um, it's a new thing. I talked about it many, probably it was only at the beginning of, of this year, but it feels like five years ago. Oh, we'll get to um, that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I talked about it. it. It's this new thing that Star Wars is launching, a bunch of different stories. Right. Um, different characters. I about that. this. About this, like, sort of time when... Um, many, many years ago where they're, you know, they had, it was like the golden age of the Jedi. Um, and I'm really excited because I want more stuff about that time. Um, they didn't, they stopped calling it the old Republic for a couple different reasons, but one of them is because it's kind of like that thing where people during the first world war didn't call it the first world war right <laughs> like they're they like wait first world war what the hell um there's another one um so they said that hey, that wouldn't make sense for people in that time to call it that and b i think there was actually some stuff to do with who owned the rights to that title but anyways um so i am i am in for that um I only am... because it's different characters and and a different time and I like seeing stuff in that sort of universe, but not what we're used to. Yes. I am. I am for similar reasons. I think we have learned from the experience of, of Mando and co that like star Wars is best when you get it away from the Skywalkers. So mm -hmm. I am, I'm very interested to see this. And if it's, if we can get to a place where like what kind of happened with the Marvel movies and dear God, we still have so much Marvel to go through. Um, where like it was this type of movie, but just with superheroes, you know, like Ant-Man was a heist movie or guardians was a space opera, but it was still set in this universe. If you want to give me like a mystery thriller, if you want to give me like high political intrigue 
set in this universe. Like, instead of just, like, you know, the Senate talking about tax reforms, which is what, like, George was all about in the prequels. Like, if you want to actually <laughs> dig into that and make it entertaining, that could be dope. I think George was onto something there. He was just didn't what not good at conveying it and making it interesting. Yeah. How I how hyped did I get every time we had to go to the fucking bank of Bravos in game of Thrones? Like I was amped for that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think every, all the good people were like, I am. So if you want to get into the nuts and bolts of like the governance during a very old era of this, you know, universe. Yeah, that can be dope. So I'm again, I'm, I'm in for at least a couple eps rule of three rule of three for the accolade. Yeah. Moving on to some animated offerings. Caitlin McKinnon, all we know yeah. is that it's, oh no, there's a sizzle reel here, which I did not watch, but we know it is a follow-up series to the Clone Wars called Star Wars The Bad Batch. Caitlin McKinnon, are you in or out? Out. Out on the Bad Batch. Whoa, oh my God. Why are we out on the Bad Batch? Because they showed up in this, so they made a, a quote-unquote new series or last season of Sorry, they made a last season of the Clone Wars, something that they had wanted to do. It brought us basically right up and um, right up to the where uh, the Revenge of the Sith starts happening, mm-hmm. like Order 66. Right. And the first part of the season was about this crew of clones called the Bad Batch. And I didn't care. I mean... The problem with them is that, unlike a lot of the other clones, like Cody, that you get to know through all of Clone Wars, um, they kind of come in, and you're supposed to be drawn to them, but I just didn't care. We, I legitimately, both senior correspondent and myself, at one point turned to each other and went, okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> like, all right. Like, yeah, 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 Like, too long, too long, too long. Let's get to the Ahsoka stuff. Um, well, so, hard pass on the yeah. Bad Batch. I know nothing about it, so it's a hard pass for me as well. Can say probably up top that it's an in for me at least to check it out. Maybe dependent more on once I find out who's involved is uh, Star Wars Visions, an anthology collection of shorts from 10 anime studios and creators, which will debut in 2021. No word on who it is. But I can think of some names that if uh, they get attached to this project, I will be most deaf interested in checking out. Caitlin McKinnon, you down for some uh, anime peanut butter to get in your chocolate Star Wars? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, there's a really great uh, short clip. I'll send it to you. That's done. It's scenes from uh, original Star Wars done in an anime style. Mm. It's amazing. And we we're like, where's our anime version of Star Wars? Because it's so good. Well, you're getting um, it. So I'm getting it. You are also getting a droid story, an animated series from Lucasfilm and the visual effects team that sets R2 and C-3PO on a new adventure. That's what we know. Ye- I am in. You are in. You ride that hard for the droids. All these. Well, no, here's the thing. One of the original sort of supplementary things for the original Star Wars was droids. Yeah. Which was an animated TV show. Oh, I remember it. Which is great. And then they have this, like, Lego droids, which has been great, um, very funny. And I just think they they are the 
storytellers that sort of weave themselves through all the original trilogy and it was the first like kind of inanimate object robots that you like fall in love with as a kid you're like I love this thing and it's not real but it has a personality I don't know puppets are cool anyways I'm totally there for that soft pass for me but I think that's just me my residual like disappointment as a child being like there's a star wars cartoon like who are these people what is happening where are the people i know <laughs> and uh-huh. also because you're you're an old grump I, I wasn't an old grump when i was like seven when this cartoon aired oh jordan you were i loved the ewoks when i was a kid thank you jedi oh was the first God, movie i saw really? in the theater oh, that's amazing i had like a th- five seven inch thick deck of like return of the jedi trading cards that i bought at uh, wayne's variety across the street from my first house i grew up in and the droids cartoon came out and i was like what is what where where's luke what's happening um this is where kate tells me that on an episode like you know 35 of the old droids cartoon luke was in it for like three minutes <laughs> Amazing. so i jumped out of order because in case you wondered who the god really was or who's running the show over at lucasfilm we have two spinoffs from the Mandalorian both being helmed by Favreau and Filoni <laughs> so <laughs> I want to make it like a like a bus bench law jingle for <laughs> Favreau and Filoni Favreau and Filoni <laughs> <laughs> we have the Rangers of the New Republic which suggests it may be like a Cara Dune type show maybe Ming-Na Wen maybe your boy Bill Burr gets a full time gig Okay, because we oh, got to talk about that. We will, anyway. we will get to it. And most notably, I don't even have to ask. It's just called Ahsoka. It's going to star Rosario. And all three of these shows are going to intersect in what they are calling a climactic story event. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. Are you in or out in, on any of this? I'm, I'm in as I will watch it. I just, they need to fix Ahsoka's headdress. <laughs> Well, you're still could, still on the Leku. If they could do that with the Leku, that would be I'd be fine. I'd be fine if they fixed it. That is a mu- that was a much more middling response to a live action series starring her favorite character than I was expecting, I, y'all. I would prefer a cartoon series. Shots fired! Wow. Shots fired! Looking out my window for the fire department. That is my flame take of, that, that the, of a, the year. That is a hot I take, would prefer, y'all. I did, Rosario Dawson was fine. I just would prefer a cartoon series. I think there are things you can do in cartoons that are better. I feel really bad for the actress, the voice actress who, like, brought her to life. Um, and I preferred her in cartoon form. That's all. They got the Leku, right? Like, so, sidebar. After... Uh... After Ahsoka's debut on The Mandalorian, on the Chris and Andy show, they were joined by a fellow Ringer staffer named Mallory Rubin. And Mallory, let me be diplomatic, Mallory does too much. Um, (laughs) Mallory is the host of a podcast called Binge Mode, which is like, when you only watched Game of Thrones, the show, but like wanted a 40-minute treatise on like, what some random mention of something in the Game of Thrones universe referred to, right? Mallory had you covered. Um, all that is to say, 
Mallory was a guest on the show, basically explaining who Ahsoka Tano was and why she was important and why this was a big deal for a lot of people. And as she's rattling off these details about Ahsoka's storyline, she was Anakin's pod, pod, <laughs> I don't watch this shit. What's it called? Padwan? Padwan. Padwan. Um, she was Anakin's Padwan. She was accused of something and that she didn't do, so she walked away from the Jedi Order, blah, 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 these duels with people, et cetera, et cetera. And Andy, who's a very, like, casual Star Wars person, was like, why is Lucasfilm so averse to playing the hits? Everything you just described sounds so much better than anything that happened in the last three movies. So, it's really interesting you said that because... We, I mean, both Chris and I have agreed, and this is, this is like, this is a really hard line to walk down. Dave Filoni is a massive Star Wars fan, but he's a massive Star Wars fan in that he knew a lot about the original trilogy, but he also knew a lot about and respected and appreciated a lot of that supplementary material that was created for years. Oh, that boy was reading, that boy was reading novels. Like, Oh yeah. Before the prequels came out, like he was invested in these stories, saw what the world could do. And that's why he brought in a character like Ahsoka. And he was, he's a really good storyteller as well. And we think of Dave Filoni and what's his name? You know, I'm terrible with names. Favreau, Favreau. <laughs> ah, I got it, um, had done the, the new trilogy, it would be a very different story. Oh, yeah. Um, they have a way of introducing characters that are diverse and interesting and have different backgrounds without uh, – not that the, all the characters in the prequel um, – I mean <laughs> – not that people, no matter what, wouldn't have hated him. There are people who hate Ahsoka. Mm. Like, old guard, like, you're trying to change Star Wars too much. Um, who hate her. Who hate everything she represents. I remember when she first came on board and people were like, oh, she's the worst. I'm like, she's like, plays a kid. She's an annoying kid. Apparently, that was done on purpose so that when she could... He could make her not annoying and say, see, there's been character development, and then no one would have anything to complain about. Like, Dave Filoni knows the trashy fans. Like, he understands <laughs> why they're trashy. Well, I remember when you them, like, I remember when you gave me the behind-the-scenes ser- docuseries on The Mandalorian, and I don't remember what he said, but he, he basically just emphasized that Star Wars is for kids. And, like, in, like, one line, he, like threw trash fans under the bus and acknowledged that he knows you're out there and he knows what you think and he does not agree with you. Yeah. Um, and anyways, I we think that um, we don't know why they went with the directors they went with um, because it's not just enough to be like, I can helm a big thing or like I'm – I really like Star Wars. You need to have sort of this intimate knowledge and be a good storyteller to really take the universe and do good things with it. Um, This is my issue with the Star Trek movies, the new relaunch of the movies. Um, It was the same problem, is that they did some fun stuff, but they missed so many good possibilities um, by trying to make it something it wasn't. So I think they're I think they're back on track 
now. Hopefully. Also, though, again, hot take, too many Star Wars things. Listen, you ain't got to fucking tell me. The only thing that there is more Star Wars, uh, the only thing there's more of than Star Wars is Marvel. Hey, segue. Because Disney also wanted to remind you that they own Marvel, too. Um, So, oh, my God. So much fucking stuff. This is still on that same very long variety piece. We will play in and out on just the new stuff. So we already knew, and some of this is set to debut very soon. We got WandaVision coming on January 15th, which is the Scarlet Witch uh, Vision series. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier got a trailer. Finally, that's coming on March 9th. The Loki series is coming in May. There's an animated What If series that's coming in the summer. Um, live action Ms. Marvel. We got a sizzle reel of after this call as well. We have the Hawkeye series with Renner and Haley Steinfeld, which is coming in late 2021 based on the classic Matt Fraction run of, from the character. And in 2022, She-Hulk with Tatiana Maslany. Variety said it. Again, there's been some back and forth over whether she's actually doing it. I don't know if there was an official confirmation, but Variety saying there, it. There was. There was. Feige oh. officially confirmed it oh. on the video he made. Oh, Feige confirmed it? Okay. Yeah. Um, as well as Moon Knight with a rumored Oscar Isaac uh, starring role uh, is in the pipeline as well. So that's what we knew before this call. I'm not even going to play in or out on this at this point because we don't have time. I'm just going to run through it and you can call out the one thing you're in this batch you're excited about if there is one. Oh, God. Uh, Secret Invasion starring Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn, um, which Feige is calling the biggest cro- crossover comic event of the last 20 years. That would be your uh, Everyone's a Scrawl story from the comics from, God, like 10 years ago or something. First alluded to in the Captain Marvel film, I believe. That there were scrolls, maybe in Homecoming as well. Were there scrolls in Homecoming? I don't remember. No, uh, or Far From Home? Uh, yes. Yeah, Far From Home, yes. Um, so we are leading to scrolls, and looks like Secret Invasion will be the like crescendo of this, which will come to Disney+. Plus. I'm sorry, sorry. When, when you said stuff about Captain Marvel, have you not seen Captain Marvel? Ironheart, an Iron Man spinoff series focusing oh. on inventor Riri Williams, played by Dominique Thorne from If Beale Street Could Talk. Armor Wars, based on the 1980s comic series about what happens when Tony Stark's technology falls into the wrong hands, which will have Don Cheadle reprise his role as War Machine. We have a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which James Gunn is... In! Jesus. <laughs> somehow well, I... you said just to yell it out, <laughs> so, and somehow I'm I thought, Somehow I thought that would be the one. Um, probably that's my major, uh, major pull there. Feige also did briefly discuss the Marvel Studios feature slate, noting, for example, that Ms. Marvel star Iman Villani will appear in Captain Marvel 2. Also in. <laughs> um, announcing that Spider-Man Far From Home director John Watts will direct a new Fantastic Four movie, something we had kind of assumed was closer to happening than not. Also mentioned in here was that the fact that Spider-Man 3, Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3, Basically, they were like, hey, Spider-Verse worked. Just do that. So, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Kirsten Dunst, Emma Stone, all reprising their roles from the Spider-Man feature universe. 
Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina both reprising their roles. And most exciting to me, for what this could portend further down the line, Charlie Cox putting the red suit back on, coming back as Daredevil for Spider-Man 3. That's probably the thing I am most in on. If there was one Marvel project that, that you're... Your grim and gritty surly boy was very much into. It was all of the Marvel Netflix shows. I fucking loved Luke Cage. I love Jessica Jones. Iron Fist, eh. Um, nobody liked Iron Fist. Nobody liked Iron Fist. The second season was okay. You know, loved, loved Daredevil, especially. I still maintain that last that last crescendo of season three with Fisk and Bullseye and Daredevil all fighting each other and with each other at the same time was just fucking fantastic. Loved that show. We knew when we knew all that stuff was going to get reclaimed from Netflix eventually, we hoped that maybe it wouldn't be too long that people could still be under contract or get new contracts signed, whatever to kind of rework themselves into the universe. So that's a good sign. I don't know how much left you could do with Jessica Jones. To be honest, Luke Cage had a ton left sitting on the table to do after the end of his second season. Um, That's probably the one. Like, I felt like Jessica Jones came to an end. It could have ended there, and that would have been fine for that character. Same thing with Daredevil, honestly. Luke Cage left a lot on the table that I hope we get a chance to uh, tidy up. And Mike Coulter's just so cute. I just want to see him Just want to see him get work. Right? Oh, my God. Besides that, besides that tiny animal show. Oh, God. He was on that one. <laughs> that may come up in the back half of the show. Also, I mean, uh, just a shit ton of other stuff. Fucking John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are doing Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Sure. Why not? Fuck it. Okay. If you go too far down everything they're doing, you will really weep for, like, the just total Darth of original content made this. None of these things they're doing originates in, like, this fucking century. Like, (laughs) it's all just retreads. Of stuff from the 90s or earlier. The fucking Buzz Lightyear origin movie, Kate. <laughs> what? What is my life? Oh, yeah, Chris Evans is in it. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. I. Uh, see, the problem is, though, so much of the Marvel stuff looks good. Hocus Pocus 2, which I know Kate does not give a fuck about. <laughs> um, nope. Animated Night at the Museum. More Diary of Wimpy Kid stuff. That's all the Family Slate stuff. Um... Another Sister Act movie, Pinocchio with Tom Hanks. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Hold everything. There's a Sister Act 3? Apparently. <gasps> I am... That is... I don't care anything else. Wipe the that slate. Is, that is my number one. Wipe the slate. So yeah, Disney just really wanted to remind Netflix and Amazon Prime... And Crave and everyone else, HBO Max, do your thing, but also suck it. <laughs> su- suck the largest ones. Can you dig it? You also didn't talk about like Doctor Strange and oh, that's a that's, bunch of other that's like not the new stuff. That's like the stuff they announced last year. Like I know, but like it's coming though. It's coming down the track. Oh, what a what a great year it was. <laughs> What a great year it was when I didn't have to talk about Marvel or Star Wars shit, like, every week. Uh, But you know what I'm going to make you watch for the new year? Captain Marvel coming down the pipe. 
Oh, yeah. Also, though, I found out a thing. Mm. So in the WandaVision show, one of the characters, everyone who doesn't want spoilers, go away. One of the characters is Monica Rambeau. Oh, sorry. I was confusing. I was confusing her with Misty. Right. Monica Rambeau. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. So anyways, but. Give me my, give me my next wave show. Uh, Right? (laughs) Right? I want my next wave Uh, show. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so that's, that's cool. And I'm excited for Miss Marvel. I am. Yeah. Miss Marvel. Yeah. Sorry. I said, I was like, Guardians is probably the one for me. No, Miss Marvel's the one for me. I definitely, definitely want to check. Check that out. Looking forward to that. And WandaVision just looks like it's going to be dope as, like, if they just get super fucking weird with it. Like, And the same with the Loki show. Like, I was not expecting them to go agency of something time time agency. We're just going to go time agency. <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't know they were going down that route. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, this seems weird. You know how much I like weird. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, that did remind me when you said space time agency. Like, obviously, Marvel is going full cosmic, like space multiversal type stuff. Um, I went from like, damn, that's really dope about Spider Man three because Daredevil, yeah, sure, do it. To like, this is really like X Men in space type shit for me. Like, that's not my spot. Ultimately, it's not my Spider Man. Like, I don't need Tom Holland to be like, you know, Galactic Trooper of the Universe type thing. I need him fighting but dudes. In- I need him fighting. <laughs> Madam Web. <laughs> Fuck off with Madam Web. Yeah, that's why I, I was out. Madam Web so bad. That's why I was out on the Spider-Man cartoon. I want Spider-Man beating up thugs and queens. That's that's my jam. That's could the character. You, could you imagine Helen Mirren as Madam Web though? Oh my god, she's like the only person left who doesn't have a Marvel check at this point. So I mean, why not? Friends, put a pin in that. There, Kate. You got any updates for this week? Um, just one, and you know what it is. They're making a Night Court sequel, (laughs) y'all. I meant, like, what are you watching? But go ahead and hit us with the Night Court sequel. Oh, oh, that's all. That's just, I just needed the people to know. I needed the people to know. Um, What I'm watching. What have I watched? I don't think I've watched anything. Well. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. The last episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, right. So, so I was all like, Bill Burr. Nah. And then they were like, actually. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then pleasantly surprised. Katie Mack is back in on Bill Burr. Well, I... He's a fine comedian. Like I, he's not my favorite comedian. He's okay. Um, he seems like a like a relatively nice person. Like I don't have any qualms with him. Um, I just didn't like him in the last episode he was in. I thought his stupid gun thing was stupid, and I didn't like his character. But then they gave him like this really interesting backstory and PTSD, and then he shot. <laughs> someone and it was amazing and then yeah it was a very like tarantino-esque episode um and i really it was fun it was a great episode um i really liked it so yeah also pleasantly surprised also the one episode where pedro pascal showed up to set (laughs) (laughs) 
It's your one shot. It's your one episode with Pedro's face per season. Um, yes. <laughs> Zero down 100% Baby Yoda, up 150% Pedro Pascal. Um, yeah. And his weird mustache. <laughs> What I heard other people point that out, where like if you're wearing the helmet every day, like that requires maintenance. Like a mustache requires maintenance. You would think he would just have like so, a giant like grizzly bear beard if he was like really about that life. Or because a helmet is awkward, I would feel like you'd shave every day, like yeah. shave every morning. Um, Boba Fett, but, Boba Fett, clean as a whistle. Like, yeah. I will say regarding this episode of, of Mando, um, I appreciated the nods to like, Hey, look, these planets have indigenous people on them. Yeah. And they don't care if it's the Republic or the empire. They're all, y'all just colonizers. Yep. But that's all we have to say about it. And that's not really investigated. Now we have other things to do on this show, but maybe this is why I'm excited about the Leslie Hedlund show. We talked about a second ago, because ultimately I acknowledge, I know nothing about Star Wars in general. I don't know who the Empire is. I don't know who the Rebel Alliance is. I don't know who's running things. I don't know fuck about fuck. You got cool space wizards on one side and people in uh, white armor on the other side. Those guys are bad. Those guys are good. That's what I know about Star Wars. Which is all I had to know about Star Wars when I was, you know, seven. (laughs) Caitlin's just screaming internally right now because she's trying to fight the urge to go into like a thesis TED talk about (laughs) <laughs> about the political science of the Star Wars universe. No, what I find really interesting is that, to me, writing a story um, in a universe like Star Wars is kind of like creating a Dungeons and Dragons game. Um, in that you have these sort of like overarching rules that give the world its structure but you populate it with the things you want inside and out um and i and i feel like what you're saying that's okay i think good storytelling you just need to know that there are bad guys and white plastic armor and good guys who have space wizards i think that's fine um I think a good story, especially in Star Trek or Star Wars or even Game of Thrones universe, um, it should be for all levels of interest. Do I get enjoyment from knowing certain things or seeing something pop up? Absolutely. But I think if it's only made for the fans, then A, you don't get anybody else interested in it, and B... You're gonna. You're really going to box yourself in. Yeah. Um. And so, anyways, I think what you're saying is is absolutely fine. I was just thinking about that idea of like making a story in a world that has already been created and has rules and that kind of thing, and how someone like you, who you call yourself a casual, get interested in that. Right. It's about storytelling. Um. With, you know, little bits and pieces for for fans of different levels. Well, yeah, that's the that's the thread that we've celebrated The Mandalorian for numerous times during the course of the season. Yeah. is just how well it can give you and senior correspondent a, like, you know, 
rip your shirt off and spin it over your head moment where I'm just like, that was really cool. Also, I like when they fire lasers and I like when Baby Yoda uh, smashes stormtroopers around and gets tired. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. It's it's harder than it looks and they make it look very easy, which is a testament to both Favreau and Filoni. Also, I don't know how I didn't realize that Favreau is basically like the guy who pulled Star Wars out of the fire and started the Marvel Universe. Like, is he just the swing in his dick in Hollywood yeah. now or what? Like, yeah. I think they're going to make him, like, Lord <laughs> Emperor of Disney, eventually. Okay, he also okay. did the Jungle Book. Yeah. like. Anyway, Mando was yeah. dope. Last episode of the season is next week. Should be cool. I don't know if they put a pin on this, how much of a pin on the, they put on this whole Moff Gideon arc, Darksaber arc. But, I mean, there's still lots sitting on the table, and we're going to a climactic cinematic event with these other two shows. So, we'll see. What happens there? Also, can I get Timothy Oliphant back in my, uh, in that Ranger show? That'd sure. Be, that'd be dope. Yeah, I think, uh, I think we should just write a, write a nicely worded letter. Dude's got the best hair on the outer rim, y'all. Um, that was the, that was basically it for you, Mando? Uh, I think so. Oh, uh, Star Trek Discovery continues its trend of being good, I think, in parallel to, uh, the character of Michael Burnham not crying. I think there's a correlation there. Um, Quality of episode vert v time spent crying. Yeah, it's like this weird calculation. Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, Janeway never cried. It's not that hard, guys. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting you a shirt that says that. <laughs> Y'all, Barry and the lead, Caitlin, and I actually saw each other last week. Caitlin came by and brought me a very lovely and considerate uh, birthday present uh, and Christmas present. I haven't opened the Christmas present yet, but I opened the birthday present. It's workbook for Kanji and Kana, because I'm sure she remembered once me complaining about how much I hated stroke order. And she was like, get your stroke order up, fool. Um, Yeah, when you go to Japan, I don't want them thinking, like, dumb tourists. (laughs) And I was lamenting that, you know, normally I buy Caitlin the Sarah Scribbles uh, planner every year. She bought it for herself this year, and I was I was furious. Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm getting her a shirt. Now I know what I'm getting her. I'm just getting her a shirt that says Janeway never cried. <laughs> and she'll know, and she'll immediately love anyone else who reads it and knows. Yeah. Your heroes don't need to cry. Well, moving on to my up- updates, I don't have much either. Uh, just a couple of interesting uh bips and boops uh turns out the reagans were terrible to gays and lesbians as they were to people of color wow the final episode of the reagans doc all about the start of the aids crisis and uh ronnie having to reckon with the notion that to his mind homosexuality was a moral failure and an illness 80s were great y'all super fun that was like I was about to show my own age. I was like, that was 20 years ago, y'all. No, that was like 40 years ago, y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, whoops. Uh, that's on Crave. You can check that out. Uh, this week in the sickness. Ba-da-ba-ba. I don't know why I was on Plated Records website. Friends, you will recall um, a few weeks ago, I my pre-orders, orders I made in August for the FLCO and Cowboy Bebop soundtracks came in. After Cowboy Bebop, Shinichiro Watanabe and most of the people who worked on Cowboy Bebop made a show called Samurai Champloo, which I actually gave Kate on the show once. It was the feudal Japan samurai hip-hop show. 
whereas Cowboy Bebop was the jazz space opera western. This was the hip-hop samurai show. Not as good as Cowboy Bebop. Nobody is saying that. Only thing as good as Cowboy Bebop was the music. There's only ever been one vinyl edition of the music. As the first thing I ever saw at Cosmos Records, it was $300. No thank you. Played a record here in Toronto. Just had a bootleg of it for 40 bucks sitting on their website. Well, thank you very much. Scooped and copped. Stamp on that. And now, and now, now I, I think I have to be done because I think Canada and Japan are postal friends anymore. So, again, <laughs> wow. so the postal service is uh, cutting myself off for me because I can't be trusted. <laughs> and two. Uh, yeah. So, hmm. sorry. Speaking of knowing you can't be trusted, I'm going to have you open your Christmas present at the end of this phone call. And I will explain why <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Uh, two rando gaming updates. I just wanted to acknowledge that I had fantastic luck of a sort that makes me think the game was broken for an hour on Genshin Impact, where they will have limited gotchas where like, you know, the, the joke is always drop rate is a lie where like these characters will appear more frequently in your gacha polls and nobody ever gets them. And you said hashtag rate up is a lie. Um, there was one character I don't. Listen, all the characters are element-based, right? And then you got fire characters and water characters. And, and earth characters are like the narrow lane. There are hardly any. And basically, they're having a limited gotcha for this dude who basically, like, summons a meteor as his, like, super attack, right? Like, <laughs> he fights with a staff. He looks pretty dope. And I was like, I was really trying for this guy. And I had, like, three pulls left. And I got every character on the banner one after the other. <laughs> And then they have like the rate, they have like the limited banner and like the regular shit. And then I had like a pull for the regular side. I went over and I got a fucking five star character on that side too of some like astrologer water mage woman. And I was like, well, I just need to like quit this game because I'm never going to have luck this good again. <laughs> the problem is. But, but, hmm. but you might. And that's how they get you. <laughs> it is how they get. Also, though, the effort involved in leveling up these characters now. Like, it gets, you know, resources dr seem to dry up a little bit the longer you play. Like, it was super easy to level up the nine shitty characters I had before this. Now that I have good characters, I don't have any materials to level them up with. So, it's, it's grind time. That's fun for an hour or two, but that's not a, that's not an afternoon of gaming, you know? Uh, yeah, it's almost like these games are terrible and want you to spend money. Wow. You know what's <laughs> not terrible, though? It's been a while since we ventured off to Los Santos, Caitlin McKinnon. <gasps> Los Santos! But a major update of the sort that has not hit this game in years came to Grand Theft Auto Online this Tuesday. I don't even know what the hell they're calling it. The Cal Piero something heist. New map. New place to go. Ooh. A tropical island. There will be many jokes about the Firefest in this expansion, I feel like. So this is ultimately where some drug lord has a private island somewhere and you have to get there via submarine. So I got to buy a fucking submarine <laughs> to get there to play this shit. Um, and I actually have the money for it already, which was surprising to me. Normally it's like, I will never get to play this because you want to make me buy some fucking arcade or a you know, flying car or some shit that's going to cost a billion dollars. 
turns out that some promo, they were just giving away money for the last couple months. So I could buy a submarine today if I wanted to. I will not drive it, though, because you know how that goes. Be my other um, problem. Someone ends up robbing you at gunpoint? Well, there is that. <laughs> Apparently, I saw a video on YouTube of a submarine fight, and I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> No, apparently you can just, like, fast travel with the sub to, like, dedicated spots around the map. Or you can, like, physically drive it somewhere. Caitlin, am I driving a submarine through simulated deep water? Absolutely not. The fuck I am. <laughs> Every so often, I'll want to, like, something will come on or I'll I'll see something and I'll go, ooh. And it'll be, like an ocean scene or a whale and Chris will be like, what's wrong? I'll be like, Oh, just, I was thinking never to send that to, to Jordan. Oh, don't think I didn't see the story about the new type of whale found off the coast of Mexico last week. They just found a new whale. Yeah. Cause you don't know what the fuck is down there. You don't know. <laughs> uh, what a day for science. Yeah. What a day. What a day. <laughs> anyway, uh, new heist, two things about the new heist. Or two things about the GTA expansion. One, the heist, you can do it solo. Fuck yes. Get the hell out of my game. Yeah, just what you want. To be the, alone. Doing this shit by myself. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to get, you know, my shit stolen yeah, every time yeah. I do every anything. I don't want my submarine stolen straight out of the fucking ocean. Um, and the only thing I ever care about, new radio stations. Including an update to... Two updates to uh, Fly Low FM, the Flying Lotus station, and Worldwide FM, the station hosted by Giles Peterson, that he then took and made a real online radio station in the last, like, ten years. Um, my favorite stations in GTA, they have entirely refreshed playlists. I was driving down the freeway, blasting. No, I was doing, I was delivering. I was delivering cocaine in a boat while Fuck the Police by Jay Della played on Fly Low FM. Just delightful, Kate. Just, that sounds actually really nice. Like, if you need to take a vacation from your life, that sounds like the kind of vacation you want to take. Perfect. Offloading cocaine <laughs> off the coast of simulated California, rocking out to some classic Jay Dilla. Because in the virtual world, there are no consequences. <laughs> Absolutely none. <laughs> and I throttle my internet, so there aren't even virtual consequences. Nobody's... <laughs> Friends, I believe... We will take a pause right here, and when we come back, we're not going to talk about dashing in December. We're going to give you our annual look back, our most and least fave items of everything we watched in this smoldering trash fire that was 2020. We are going to look back and select what was the best and not necessarily worst, but just least favorite thing that we checked out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a huge selection, but we'll get down to it. So you know what? Go grab yourself some Nog, uh, take a break, and meet us back here in two. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we've decided we're going to talk about the things that we brought each other, and what we liked best about those things, or not. That made sense, right? Yeah. So there are no rules yeah. this week. None of that applies. Traditionally, we would do, like, a top three with 
honorable mentions and the best crapathon and the best watcharama and all that type of stuff. I don't really know that we're going to do any of that stuff right now because I mean, really there was a surprising amount of stuff when I wrote it down, but we did not have regular episodes for like three months. Yeah. For quite a while. Basically from March, late March to early till June till opportune June, we just processed uh, life in the year 2020 <laughs> and just kind of talked about how we were dealing. And so there's a, there's less selection than we would normally have. So we're not going to do the top three. I believe we're going to do a most fave, least fave, and uh, honorable mentions, I guess, maybe? Maybe. I don't really have any honorable. Well, I have, like, maybe one, kind of, but... Good enough. Anyways, it's good enough. Um, If you needed any indication that the last 12 months have been 17 years long, all you need to do (laughs) is go back to what we watched in January, because I'm not going to lie, Kate... I audibly said, alone in my apartment, I watched Jumanji? What? <laughs> ah, oh, I can't even tell you. It was like four different times. I was like, what is that? <laughs> like, I did not remember what stuff was. I was like, did he do an episode with Kayim? <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, no, but I watched it. <laughs> it was, It was a very... Very long time ago. Um, so, yes, this is going to be real. This is frankly going to probably be real brief. Um, but we just wanted to, uh, in light of the collapse of our attempt to watch uh, Gay Cowboy Holiday Romance, we decided to just do this for you instead and, frankly, free up the rest of our year to not do a podcast. Because <laughs> we deserve to relax, too, and we do this for fun. So how you want to do this, Kate? You want to do a, you want to do some honorable mentions and then least favorite and then most favorite? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. I like that. That's All right. Um, do you have an honorable mention ready? I can go with one if you don't. I do not. Uh, I have written down as an honorable mention two. They're both two solo items. One would probably, both of them might seem like something the other person would bring us, but... There was both like a first time exposure for both of us. So my two honorable mentions are Harley Quinn and Decadence. Harley Quinn being the animated adaptation of the classic character from Batman the Animated Series and Suicide Squad and all that business. Super violent, super gross. I have fallen off it a bit. Uh, God, did they finish the third season? Um, They didn't. They haven't started a third season. They didn't? I thought they did. Oh, my God. Did they? I have to know. So, this is weird, because I was going to have Harley Quinn as my honorable mention, but I didn't know if it counted for some reason. I guess it does. It was, um, I think maybe we did it as a single topic, and I had seen, like, one episode, but not the next two. I think, and I think we did it after the third episode had aired. So, I was watching them week to week, and you watched them all in one shot. Um, but it was er- it was early in the year. I do remember that. Um, Third season um, will be starting January 21st, 2021. Huh. I thought it already happened. I definitely watched. Did I watch all of the second season? Maybe I didn't. Fuck. What was that bit about, you know, the, the Joker's cured and he's got a, he's got a, a, you know, a single mother he's dating and shit. Wasn't that, did I dream this? Did I have a stroke? That happened on that show, right? 
Yes, that was in that was in second season. Maybe I only got halfway through second season. God, was first season when she like took over and like. Man, I got really got to look at the chronology of that show. It's a good show. It's my honorable mention, so <laughs> it won't be a problem. Anyway, that's on. What the hell is that even on? That's on Amazon. Amazon, yep. You can get at that through Amazon. My other honorable mention was Decadence, which was the the what starts in episode one or episode two as like an anime that looks like a standard post-apocalyptic monster hunter type fair, and then decides, you know what? It's actually a weird kind of critique of capitalism, and we're just uh, whipping the rug out from under you completely. Had enough money behind it to be very pleasurable to watch. Uh, Did not stick the landing, I felt, like most anime do not stick the landing, but solid seven on the landing, and a solid eight or nine for most of the episodes. For me, um, do you have any other honorable mentions, Katie Mack? The Detroiters. Nice. Yes. Um, I think about that show all the time. <laughs> you think about Sam like, all the time. Yeah. Well, yes. But also just that show. And I just, I, I'm like, I should watch more of that show because I really enjoyed it. Tragically, only two seasons. show about uh, Detroit admin uh, doing local commercials for local businesses. That Whoa, 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 whoa. Hmm. The show is about the relationship of the best friends ever. <laughs> yes, it is the... I, I likened it very clumsily at the time to being like, wow, is this what it feels like when you actually feel seen by your media? Like, or that your media represents you? <laughs> because it's so filled with... Again, it's My Mandalorian. It's a show where you can know nothing about the Midwest or specifically Detroit media and still find it very funny and love the friendship between the two main characters and, you know, the comedy there. But if you know that there was a car dealership called Melfar Superstar and he dressed up like a superhero to do local commercials selling cars, the appearance of Quick Rick Mahorn... Featuring former Detroit Piston Rick Mahorn selling cars with a cape and a suit (laughs) will be infinitely more funny to you. That sort of shit made that show so amazing to me. And just things like the fucking Woodward Dream Cruise or the fact that uh, in Detroit they hustle to My Eyes Don't Cry by Stevie Wonder. Not the hustle by Van McCoy. Like just all those little details that only people who live there or around there would know was just fantastic to me and it brought uh i don't even remember his one sam brought sam to kate's life i don't remember his last name but kate love her some sam i do i love him so much <laughs> always correcting he's not cute he's sexy <laughs> true i should know better caitlin mckinnon yeah dark times but we never really take offense to it what was your least favorite thing we watched in the calendar year of 2020? Uh, it was Silicon Valley. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, because the show stressed me out so much. Mm. It's like for you, if a show was was good and you could see how it could be really good, but it was like based under the ocean. 
Like, it's just this constant anxiety and a reflection of, like, someone who is who suffers from bad anxiety. So just, like, a, and... a really funny or high-drama show set in the world of marine biology? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, okay, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, or, like, specifically, they're, they're like, a whale biologist. Like, it's... <laughs> and, and sea also world doctor. mean... Everyone is mean, um, and the like. There's a nice guy, and everyone is mean to the nice guy, and it's just like void of love and friendship. And I just can't. I just couldn't. Uh, so I mean, I could see why it could be a great show, and people really enjoy it for sure. But for myself specifically, Caitlin Elizabeth McKinnon, I could not. I could not handle watching that show and it was not fun and it was not good. And everyone was mean and terrible and remind me never to work in Silicon Valley. Void of love and friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Very different from the Detroiters, which stars Sam Richardson. Sam Richardson. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, so yeah, it just, it's, it was the it was the perpetual anxiety. It's like the show that you gave me the night of. Okay, <laughs> that's one of the most infamous things I think I've ever tried to give you on this show was the night of. Yeah, Kate just could it was not. Just, I like it. had to skip sections. Like there was that whole episode where he literally is just sitting, waiting in the police station, and I was like <laughs> having heart palpitations and wanting to vomit. Caitlin, like, was... that was the first episode. You didn't watch any more than the first episode. Oh yeah, that's right. We had to call an audible because the rule of three did not apply. Katie Mack couldn't hang. Right. Right. Yeah, I couldn't hang. So, yeah, that's my problem with um, Silicon Valley. Not that it was, like, despised or I thought the writing was awful or anything. It was just the level of anxiety. Oh, shit. I actually have another honorable mention that I saw here that I forgot about because I wrote HM way too small next to it. Uh, And that was Skyward. I'm glad that's an honorable mention. Which, again, I, I totally <laughs> forgot about until I wrote down everything I, wa- I watched or consumed this year. But, yeah, uh, Skyward was a uh, very short, and if I think about it too hard, I'll get cynical that it was just done for, you know, IP branding purposes, um, <laughs> comic. I don't remember any of the creators, but it was an image comic that I think came out this year, or wrapped this year, um, basically about what happens when gravity stops. Right? <laughs> That's what, that, that's what that was about? That's correct. I was looking up, I was trying to quickly look up the information on it. If a writer, Joe Henderson. Right. Uh, showrunner of Fox's Lucifer. And artist Lee Garbett. Right. Um, Lucifer and Loki, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Agents of Asgard, rather. And I'm sure that's going to get uh, adapted into something. We'll be reading you a variety story about that on this show, probably sometime in 2021. Uh, but it was very good. I enjoyed it, despite it being super brief. Uh, I think it only ran 18 issues or something. Um, but it was an indie comic and sometimes those are hard to hard to finance if it's not your primary uh, mode of income. And also I think the dude, like you said, he's a showrunner in like for real, for real television. So probably hard to find time to, uh, <laughs> you know, do a comic, do a full time comic gig on the side, but greatly enjoyed it. It was funny. It was, you know, diverse without 
you know, making a thing about it. It was a real good example of like how it's just so easy to put a differently abled person or people of color in the lead roles and things like that. And nobody suffers for it. <laughs> like, it's fine. That's the world. You're not. White people need to calm down. <laughs> Basically, that, that's the shirt I'm going to get made <laughs> for myself when I'm getting your Janeway Dent Cry shirt. I'm going to get the white people need to calm down shirt for myself. And that was uh, my honorable mention. My least favorite thing for 2020 was the thing I had such high hopes for because its its predecessor, its spiritual predecessor, was such an icon of early geek down. I really wanted to love tiny creatures. Oh, tiny creatures. I really did. Caitlin had given me Hidden Kingdoms, a nature documentary about teeny tiny animals sometime in geek down year one or two. I don't remember. And I was like, this is the most, this is the most Caitlin shit I've ever seen. What am I doing with this? And an hour later, I would have uh, ran into traffic to save a chipmunk or a squirrel or whatever the hell it was. Who was the one trying to get home? Running from owls and shit? Was it a chipmunk? Uh, wait, which one? In the... In uh, the Hidden Kingdoms. Uh, that was the, well, the chipmunk, yes, was running from the owl. Yes. Um, because it was finding all these nuts, but it was actually just a chipmunk graveyard. Yes. Um, it was basically secret of them. <laughs> the most, the most stressful, darkest stressful hour of television I've watched in recent memory. <laughs> conversely, <laughs> conversely, Tiny Kingdoms was way too staged, way too forced. Um, I can't believe I'm talking with such like disappointment about a stupid nature doc about like a t- a tip mouth, but I said, we believed in you. We were all rooting for you. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? We were all rooting you for you, were Tiny the Kingdom. Chosen one. <laughs> Sorry. You were the chosen one. I never know if I want to go Tyra or Obi Wan when I when I go into that mode. Um. Yeah. You, we were rooting for you. You were the chosen one, Tiny Kingdoms, and you just, you let us down. You let us down. No no hidden kingdoms were you. A tiny, hidden creatures? Tiny Kingdoms? I may have written it down wrong. I don't know what the hell they're called. The Netflix uh, one tiny was... Tiny Creatures. Hidden Kingdoms was the was the good one. Hey, Tiny Kingdoms written down. Good Lord. Honorable mention on least favorite, because it was probably my most, like, like, least favorite, but I remember the episode being great that we recorded. Was leverage, which I forgot about. <laughs> oh God, so good! You can't make TV like that anymore. You absolutely cannot. You cannot make a show where you say the title of the show as the last line of the pilot episode. <laughs> <sighs> We've all joined this c- campus as a community. Just can't do it anymore. A sign of simpler times. Caitlin McKinnon. I'm going to do mine yeah. first because it's just so obvious. I basically said what it was last year. You said it a bunch. Yours like, is, what's a week? Yours, yours is mysterious. There's still some mystery to yours, so we'll just get mine out of the way. Friends, the best thing I watched this year is Gravity Falls. I haven't finished it yet because I'm saving it. That's how, much, bow, bow, bow. that's how much I love this show. I just don't want it to end, so I'm parsing it out in tiny little droplets. I take a hit every once in a while, and I watch an episode of Gravity Falls. This is the Disney show, Disney cartoon uh, by creator Alex Hirsch. That's his name, yes? Yep, that is his name. About twins, uh, Dipper and Mabel Pines, who spend a summer with their grunkle Stan in the town of Gravity Falls, Oregon, and just all the weird stuff that happens around the town 
and with the townspeople and his funnier and smarter than it has any fucking right to be. I think the last moment I sent a clip of the show to like multiple people was when Grunkle Stan was trying to appeal to uh, the youth who had come to Gravity Falls for a music festival. (laughs) (laughs) And he made this hot air balloon that said, I heart kids. The balloon gets damaged and this horrifying (laughs) effigy of Grunkle Stan flies overhead (laughs) with the caption, I eat kids. And some of the, (laughs) some of the attendees of the concert yell, I eat kids. But we're kids. That's mildly funny. Everything up to this point is mildly funny. But then a second kid goes, this is our divine punishment for having terrible taste in everything. (laughs) And I laughed and laughed because that's the fucking extra mile you have to go in a show like this to take it from good to awesome. And I think I could, I was unable to talk about a good show like Infinity Train last week or a couple weeks ago, whatever it was. Because the shadow of Gravity Falls is just so large, large over everything else that came before it. Caitlin, I am delighted you gave it to me. It really... Now, there are a handful of things that made this year okay for me, but, like, discovering Gravity Falls, discovering Mabel, like, <laughs> was just, like, one of the best things. One of my best pop I, I, c- cultural moments of the year. I cannot explain how many times a week I go, it's to me, Mabel. <laughs> Oh my god, I want to get that picture of the three voice actors dressed as their characters of Wendy, Dexter, and uh, Dexter. <laughs> Wendy, Dipper, and Mabel dressed as their characters. Uh, I just want that like framed so I can hang it in my house. Because Kristen Shaw got a light-up sweater with Mabel's name on it <laughs> made for Comic-Con one year. So good. So that was my top numero uno of the year. Gold star, platinum crown. Pretty obvious for me. No, I, I'm, if I'm thinking of the list, if I'm thinking of things Caitlin liked, she always surprises <laughs> me, y'all. I would not have expected uh, Silicon Valley to be the, the least favorite thing of the year. So I'm, I'm, I wait with bated breath what Caitlin's favorite item on the Geek Down 2020 <sighs> was. Okay. So once I say it, you're going to be like, oh, fucking of course. <laughs> was that just this year? Um <laughs> And and the only regret I have is that I, I just haven't watched more of it because it's so good. It is it is every time I watch an episode of it, it astonishes me. And that is of course Thunderbolt Fantasy. Oh my God! Yes, of course. <laughs> See, of course it is. Like it couldn't be anything else. Wow! Yeah, Thunderbolt Fantasy was probably. Because I came to it this year, too, and I was watching it during lockdown yeah. when we were on break, right? Yeah. Did I, wa- did I watch it in July? I thought it might have been before that, but see, that's the thing with time now. Yeah. It just, it was, it, was it a week ago? Was it two years ago? It, it was know. It was definitely a lockdown show. It was definitely, a, I remember it was, it was definitely a hot in the poly pocket lockdown show. Um because I remember watching it, like, not on my normal chair because I sweat too much in my normal chair. And I, when we came back to recording, I could not sing the praises of this show enough. This is the puppetry show. This is the murder puppet show, basically. And yeah. to my delight, Caitlin McKinnon loved this show as much as I did. What did you love about it, Kate? Why is it your number one? Um, I loved – so I loved that I was so surprised by it. Because I was like – I mean, it's you, and you have very um, – 
what's the word? Uh, tread, refined taste. Tread in shows. lightly. Like, well, no, like very like I will watch. You like trash, but you'll say this is trash, and I like it, right? And then there is another tier. You you don't like middling. It either has to be really good or like trashy and fun, and you know it's trash. But you were like, this is amazing. And I was like, how couldn't this be amazing? He doesn't even like puppets most of the time. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay. So I remember watching it with senior correspondent Chris, and we were we were in bed, put the show on. And usually he, you know, as anyone who uh, has or knows someone who has ADHD or sorry, ADD or ADHD, they, they're always like on their phone because their brain's like doing six things at once. And so usually with a TV show, he'll be like on his phone, especially if it's got subtitles, you can't mm. really keep up or right, whatever. Right. He, we were both like perfectly still, <laughs> like mouths agape, like. And then we just like looked at each other and went, what the fuck? And then proceeded to watch four episodes. Was, yeah, you watched five, right? I remember. Like, yeah, like it was, we were so enthralled and excited. And we just, we talked about it for like an hour after that. Like, did you see that thing? And that thing was so amazing. And how did they do that? And how do you give puppets without expression, expression? Like it was, we could not get enough of it. Um and it was so fast paced and beautiful and so well shot and choreographed and puppeted. <laughs> um, so there are moments where your brain, it doesn't forget it's puppets, but you're not, you're not like, I can see their string or I can see this thing. Like, and even when you do notice those things, it's impressive. Like it, it's so different. I think that's one of the big things. It's so different. And I could say the same thing maybe for Gravity Falls, right? It's different than what I expected. Right. Um, it wasn't – in ways, there definitely was, uh, you know, the culture of anime and that kind of thing with it. But there was so much more to it. Um, and you really have to have mastery over that art form to make it really good. Um so yeah, it was all of those things together. Um, but yeah, just that it was so different from what I'd ever seen before. Um, and so I'll put together and yeah, I, I, as we were watching it, it was just really enjoyable to watch as well. Um, and especially during the, you know, the dark times, you really need mm -hmm. those light spots. So yeah, that's that was what was really cool about it. And the, the idea of that it's like, there is this technology to it, but it is not, it's not like Mandalorian where they've got a giant projector, like 360 projector and all this cool technology. They're hand puppets. Yeah. It was, it was just really neat. Well, Thunderbolt fantasy y'all and gravity falls. I wish I could do <laughs> two, like, two things good, that... like guitar sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically the theme song to Thunderbolt yeah. Fantasy. Uh, that show is still ongoing. I believe there was a, a third season was in production and had to be put on pause uh, as the uh, Global Bastard surged. But that will be coming back at some point. Two seasons and two movies, I think, are floating around out there if you want to get your puppet on this holiday season. 
And that, friends, is going to put a pin in things for the Geek Down Pod for this trash fire of a year. We will, next week, uh, or the week between uh, Christmas and New Year's, I believe the Geek Down Holiday Sickness Spectacular between myself and Mr. Malosh uh, will be coming up as we interrogate and talk about what it is to have the sickness. A little bonus for y'all. And yeah, then we'll be back in uh, January, sometime in January for episode 200 question mark. So friends, happiest of holidays, be safe, respect the situation we're all in. I'm not going home this holiday. It's the first Christmas I am missing since I left home, since I left Windsor and surrounding area. I have made it home every Christmas for the last... 16 years or so this is the first one i am missing and i'm missing it because i want things to get better and i don't want to put my friends and my family at risk so i am keeping things chill around toronto this holiday season please do the same y'all it's gonna suck no one says it won't but i i saw a great little thing on the internet that said you know nurses and doctors miss Christmases every year. Yeah. This year, we can miss one for them. It's, it really, really sucks. And especially in light of everything that happened with, you know, my mom and such, like, do you think I don't want to go home and see her? Like, but there's just, there's no way to do it safely. There just isn't. So we got to suck that up. We all have to suck that up. It's going to be less than ideal for everyone, but hopefully this will be the only time we have to do it. Hopefully this time next year, we will be much happier, and I will be uh, talking about my 2022 trip to Japan that has been booked and ready to go. At any rate, stay safe, friends. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Caitlin, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Jordan. And we will be back with you next year for year I don't even know what of the Geek Down podcast, but the Geek Down will live forever. And we'll be back next year for new episodes. Thank you so much for the time you spend with us every week, friends. It truly, truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. I hope you have a fucking fabulous Christmas, holiday, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, New Year. And I hope you'll join us next year for another amazing episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Turning the mics on, you lunatic. Say something so I can check your level. Uh, have I not said enough? Not with a have mic I not on. Done oh my enough? God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I woke Jesus Christ. I woke up for this for God's sake.